0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 5 and 5 Sports Podcast. My name is Henry Freilich, and I am with my friend Nathan Gaid. Say hello. Hello, guys. And we today, we are going to be talking about both the NBA Finals and the NBA Lottery and how it affects the top six teams. So today, we are going to talk about, or first, we are going to start with the NBA Lottery. So this was a really big deal, and it happened around a month ago. And, May 14th, to be exact. Yes. And there was a lot of speculation that the Knicks would receive the first pick and get the unanimous number one overall pick in Zion Williamson, who they really need right now, especially since they're in a big slump. And a lot of the Knicks fans were really, really excited about this pick. And when the night came, it just it became a disaster. I mean, the number one pick went to a team who is in a desperate situation to trade their best player. And now they're kind of at a standstill on what they need to do, which is the Pelicans. So now we're gonna start with that. And now that the Pelicans have both the number one pick and Anthony Davis, what do they do here? And there's really two to three choices they can make. One is to keep Anthony Davis and Zion. Two is to trade Anthony Davis and keep Zion. And three is to keep Anthony Davis and trade Zion in the number one pick. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Nathan?
1: So, I mean, keeping Anthony Davis and Zion is actually a very interesting proposition. Because Zion is more of like an athletic beast. He preyed on younger defenders and more inexperienced and like lighter obviously in the ncaa but in his draft report actually one of his main weaknesses that were outlined was that he really can't shoot and his release point is really awkward and anthony davis by no means is like an incredible shooter like that you can compare like to curry or something but he is for a big man a really good shooter and has overall really good handles so it would be like really cool to see if anthony davis could almost like mentor like zion and get him to improve upon his weaknesses uh what are your thoughts on this
0: yeah i totally agree with you i think it would be a very 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 good front court duo with zion at power forward and anthony davis at center and he'd be a really good mentor and he could definitely learn uh nba play and you know, how to be a successful player in this league from Anthony Davis, but the only problem I see with this is that Anthony Davis just does not want to be in New Orleans. He'd rather play in a big market such as New York or Los Angeles, and I think there could be a disconnect there, especially with the rest of the team, and this was a really big deal from the second part of this season, and it caused a lot of controversy, so... Uh, there could be, it could happen, but I don't think it's likely, especially with yeah. reports that the Pelicans are looking to trade him by the end of the week.
1: Yeah, yeah and that's totally true. I totally agree with you that. And I mean, it's an interesting proposition, but I don't feel like it'll come to fruition just because of the points that you outlined. And so, as you were saying, the Pelicans were looking to trade for Anthony Davis, and that, I feel like, is a better option than keeping him and trying to trade Zion because, pretty much, Anthony Davis, he's 29 years old, right? If I remember correctly. And he has shown that he cannot lead the New Orleans Pelicans anywhere close to the finals. He did make one very, very clutch shot against OKC. And other than that, his career in New Orleans has been very underrated, or not underrated, but... uh, very below standard and so and it's understandable that he wants out obviously him and the team didn't really fit well and he obviously didn't perform as well as he could have on some other team and also it doesn't help that he was injured a lot and he wasn't able to help out his team as much as he wanted to
0: yes so i totally agree and so with that let's now look at the i mean basically the two main options that we're Anthony Davis could end up by the end of this week. So the main two options right now that everyone speculates that he goes to are both the New York Knicks and the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, There have been a lot of reports from from major analysts in the NBA saying that the Lakers have the best chance of landing Anthony Davis because they have the best package. Uh, as well as the Pelicans not really being interested in what the Knicks have to offer. So, first off, the Pelicans are looking for an all-star, a potential all-star, and two first-round picks to get for Anthony Davis. And so, what the Lakers could offer is most likely their fourth pick. They can offer two of the three players, including Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Kyle Kuzma. Um, I don't they don't really have an actual all-star on their team besides LeBron James, who are, who are they're definitely not gonna trade to the Pelicans. But I think they have a better they have a better um package than the Knicks do, in which the Knicks had the third pick. Mitchell Robinson, Dennis Smith Jr., or someone of that caliber, which is nowhere near to what the three players from the Lakers could be.
1: Yeah. And I mean like there are also reports that the Pelicans weren't really interested in what the Knicks had to offer this week either. But I also see the problem that LeBron tried to almost trade there or wanted to almost trade the entire Lakers young core for Anthony Davis just earlier this year, and there's a lot of controversy around that. And I'm not sure if the Lakers want to really give away. A such good like potentially really really good young core in Kyle Kuzma who has shown to be a very versatile defender and also a pretty decent pot spot, uh shooter and he can still work on that and improve uh Brandon Ingram has shown really sparks of being a really good almost Kevin Durant type player and that's like a really high ceiling for him but it's totally doable if he really works on his game And Lonzo Ball, which lots of people won't give credit to, but he has improved on his shot, even if it's not still up to par with NBA standards. He has worked on his shot, and he is a world-class passer. He's someone that you don't really see a lot in the NBA anymore. You see more types of guards like Kyrie or Curry, almost like score-first guards. And just to see someone that has just uh, really shown how like his flashes of absolute almost magic johnson type potential in his passing and to trade that all up for just one all-star in anthony davis who is a really great player by all means but he's uh, already getting slightly older and he has been injured and there he is really injury prone as shown by his tenure in new orleans and for the most part he hasn't really done that much for New Orleans and I would be willing to say that the only reason the Lakers might want to take him is not because of how good he'll be on the Lakers team or how well he'd mesh on the team but just because of the fact for the hype factor because it's LA they're trying to sell their sports they're trying to make as much money from tickets from big names you know that's my take on that
0: yeah what do you think about that i totally agree and uh in my opinion with lonzo ball something that people don't look at very much is he is a very very good defender for his position he's one of the best defenders in the nba for the point guard which is something that's very valuable in having a good defender in which he can get back and play good defense which is really an important asset for a point guard who can be a leader and um so, let's look at what the Lakers can do with this fourth pick. Because they were not supposed to be anywhere near where they are now. They were supposed to be above 10. Um, they got really lucky. So, there's the, there's obviously like a, a set top three in Zion Williamson, John Morant, and RJ Barrett. But there's a few options that they can go with at number four. I think... The best option for them to go is definitely Jarrett Culver because it's a position that they're sort of in need of. They don't really have uh, they don't really have an assigned shooting guard that has a lot of potential, whereas the people they have there now, such as Lance Stevenson and Caldwell Pope, they're getting a little bit older and they're not as good as they used to be. So I think it's really important to add Culver because uh, he can become a really good player and he can have a lot of potential and fit in with this young core that they're trying to build in LA, and have LeBron mentor him. Um, but I think some of the other options, such as Darius Garland and um, I'm not re- there's a few others, but I I can't really think of off the top of my head. But I definitely think Jared Culver is the way to go for them.
1: Yeah, and I mean in the in the draft like. Comparisons, they they compare him to Nick Anderson, which I mean isn't like the greatest comparison. And I mean overall, this draft class is really weak. There's like in comparison to previous draft classes, there's not too much talent going around outside of the top three. But um, he, it says here that uh, his three point shot is worth keeping his defenders honest at the college level. But he's gonna need to continue to hit the gym to become a high level. Uh, range shooter in the NBA and I mean this is almost the exact same thing that we saw in a report from someone like Kyle Kuzma, who wasn't really a great college shooter but came out in his first year and shot lights out in the NBA and that's because he really worked on his game and so I mean it will come with time and I personally believe that he can really improve on this three-point shot over the summer. And that if he does, he'd be a really good fit for the Lakers, and he'd be a really good fit with Lonzo, who's someone who known not to really be able to shoot, right? And so he could be almost like a uh, just almost spot up shooter for Lonzo whenever he's needed. And I mean, uh, at Texas Tech, it says that um, he had eighteen point five points per game, and he had four, he did nearly four assists per game, which I mean, for a shooting guard. That's actually dishing quite a lot of assists. So, I mean, he also has the vision to be able to play in assist system that the LA Lakers have to offer.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think the best plan for them, if they want to pursue Davis, is draft Culver at four, wait a year, and then sign Davis in free agency because he only has a year left on his contract. And that way they're not giving up their young court and they're still getting a really good player who is one of the best in the league. So, let's move on from the Lakers, and let's talk about the end of tanking. So, the new system of the lottery uh, made a very, very big change. So, it was most likely in previous years that teams with the worst records would usually get the higher picks, but that was not the case this year, as both the Cavaliers and the Bulls really missed out. By getting the five and six pick, in which they were tied with the Knicks with the worst lit record in the league, and they had the same amount of chances to get the number one pick, but they ended up not getting it, and they got really screwed by going lower and getting a lot less potential in the top three players versus five and six. It's a huge blow. So, what does this mean for the NBA and the rest and tanking? And I mean future years is it gonna go away is it gonna still gonna happen and they're gonna try and hope for the best
1: yeah i mean i think that uh tanking will not really be a thing anymore in the nba and i feel like they uh the new system for like the draft lottery uh was actually like i mean really purposely done in order to boost ratings for the nba in general because i mean Who wants to watch a team that they know is going to try to lose as much as possible? Who wants to watch a team that literally has the worst players in the NBA just trying to go out there and not even trying to win? They're just out there because they want the next big thing, you know? No one wants to watch these type of teams year in and year out, Uh, teams like the Cavs. Like, they were selling Cavs tickets for $2.
0: I mean, that's insane.
1: And... Uh, like I mean ratings in general for teams such as the Cavs have just plummeted especially with LeBron leaving the Cavs but um, the tanking also had a really big role in that and now that it's not really an option anymore I feel like teams will like such as the Hawks this year the Hawks really were supposed to have a lot worse of a record but they just kept winning and they pretty much ended up just around they got with the 8th pick, right? And so, I mean the that's si- not I think, too far uh, off from Cleveland getting the 5th pick.
0: And yeah, Chicago I think they've three first round picks cuz they just acquired a, the 17th pick uh for Tyron Prince uh, for the Nets in which they were trying to free up cap space so they can get two max uh, slots. So they have three three first round picks which they can definitely build a very big system and two in the top 10. I think it's going to be uh, a big difference maker next year for the Hawks, and I think they're going to be a team to look at in the next coming years. So, totally agree. Now, after talking about the NBA lottery, let's move on to what's going on right now and talk about the NBA Finals. Uh, It's been a very, very big series, Uh, as people didn't expect the Raptors to be up after these five games. um, It's been a very big. A very big storyline, especially with Kevin Durant, who came back in Game 5, but ended up, I mean, I have no idea if it's confirmed, but it definitely, all the signs are pointing to it, he uh, tore his Achilles after 10-12 minutes of playing, which is a huge blow for both the Warriors and him going into free agency. Yep, yeah.
1: and, I mean, uh, from most league experts they were uh, like health experts, they were saying there's absolutely no way KD should play. But I mean, a lot of like uh, former NBA athletes pointed out that if you're someone like Durant, you don't want to risk, risk your legacy and seeming selfish by just sitting out in game five, and which was a game that the Warriors could have totally lost. I mean, Durant scored 11 points. Without those 11 points, the Warriors would have lost right it was a one point game even after that and uh people would have called him selfish for sitting out while people like uh, players like Igadala and Kavan Looney who had a bl- broken collarbone collarbone sorry uh were playing through their pain and so it was it was almost like a need for KD to play and i feel like the Warriors did make the right decision and it was just unlucky in what happened
0: yeah i totally agree and people are saying that it's a different injury. I think it's definitely related to what he hurt before, but this yeah. is a lot more serious because yeah. this will put him out for many months and yeah. probably at least half of the upcoming season, which is going to be really, really big for what he, what decision he makes in free agency and what teams are going to pursue him now that yeah. he's got this big injury, yeah. which could be career-ending, not in the fact yeah. that he's – Done playing, but it's definitely going to deteriorate what he yeah, uses. his be.
1: scoring output and athleticism and all around, just like scoring, is definitely going to go down after this injury. Just because that, I mean, it's so major in uh, an athlete's body, to, and for something to just go out like that—the Achilles tendon—it's going to really reduce a lot of his athleticism and movement. So, yeah, I personally current is a world-class player i think he will definitely after this injury he will definitely improve on his shooting even more than he does has right now and definitely rely less on his athleticism and driving ability and i feel like he will still be an incredible player but definitely not what he was you know in his okc days and here at golden state uh, right now
0: yeah i totally agree and The way the Raptors fans reacted to this injury is just terrible. It's it's something you never want to see from a fan base who's been great this whole season. Um, And so basically what happened is when they saw he was injured, they started cheering. And after the game, uh, there's a video of a Warriors fan getting sucker punched out of the blue by a Raptors fan, which is totally uncalled for, unnecessary, and makes the Raptors look very, very bad and the city of Toronto. It's just terrible. Yeah. So, uh, now that we moved on from the fans, let's keep on the topic of Durant and let's bring up the question, are the Warriors better with Durant or without Durant? In my opinion, I think they're better. If you looked at how they played in the first quarter and until Katie went off, They looked amazing. They were making all the shots. Their chemistry looked much better. They were making good passes. They weren't turning it over as much. It looked really, really good compared to the first four games of the series where they were having a lot of trouble with turnovers and scoring the basketball. So I think they looked much, much better with Kevin Durant versus without him.
1: Um, Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I would say that people who say... Durant and on the bench is better for the Warriors. Really, I mean, in the regular season, possibly because uh, defenses aren't really trying as hard. They aren't playing as hard. And, but definitely in the finals, especially against the Raptors, uh, Nick Nurse has made a really great game plan when KD's on the bench, which is that focus all of your attention on Curry and Clay. And I mean, Curry has been going off. So is Clay, but no one else on the team can. No one else on the like starting and even bench players for the most part, they really can't shoot. Like the Draymond sag is real, the Igodala sag is real. They want those players to shoot. They don't want Curry. They don't want Clay to shoot, and they'll force it out of Curry's hands if needed just to allow those players to shoot. And Igodala and Draymond haven't been showing up uh, before Game Five. Uh, Draymond was shooting what eighteen percent from three. Uh, or something like that, or maybe it was twenty two percent, and Iguodala only shooting like twenty eight percent, which are, which is atrocious, and they really haven't been showing up, and it's but been showing up in this box score. Yeah, and and Keep with going. Durant on the floor, uh, there's no more, there's not as much sagging. It allow it opens opportunities for Curry to drive and dish it out to players like Durant or Clay, and there's just a lot more space, and it's like. Watching two
0: different games after Durant is out. It's actually insane. Yeah, and I, Clay Thompson said something about this topic earlier, um, I mean, the past few days. He said that Durant is a two time finals MVP and one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. The argument just doesn't make sense that they're better without him because he's such a great player that he adds to any team and what he said is that you could add him to the 30th best team in the league and they'd still make the playoffs he's playoffs he's that good of a player and has that much of an impact on a team
1: and I, I really agree with clay's statement and i mean you can look at the advanced stats and some of them will show that yeah durant's bringing on the team and all of that stuff and you can look at point out to a few games where Durant was being possibly a little bit too selfish, taking a little, few too many shots that were isolation, inefficient shots. But I mean, that's just be, growing into the system. And sometimes, you know, when you're feeling it, you're just feeling it. And you just got to shoot it. And considering Durant is, again, one of the best players in the NBA, if not the best. That is totally acceptable for him to be taking those shots out of any other player on the Warriors or in any other team. And so, uh, he yes, he might slow down the offense. He might uh, clog it up slightly. But he also opens up a lot of other opportunities because someone has to be focused on him. They can't just leave him to go guard Curry or else he's going to be wide open. And you know if he's wide open, he's making that shot unlike someone like Draymond or Iguodala or Sean Livingston. So, he's really a game changer and the fact that he's out for the series could determine whether the Warriors win or lose.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, now let's move on to game 6 and the significance that Clay will play. In the past few years in game 6s in elimination games, Clay has been unreal. He's been lights out from 3 scoring carrying this team to the victories that they need to keep in the playoffs. And I mean, if you look at some of these stats, game six in Oklahoma City uh, a few years ago, 41 points on 14 out of 31 field goals attempted, 11 out of 18 three-pointers, and two for two from the free throw line, which is just amazing. Plus 50 from the three-point line, which is great. Something that's really, really big for them in an elimination game in which they need as many points as they can to win. And I mean, total 76 points. It's just absurd. Yeah.
1: It's really insane. And I mean, uh, in the Western Conference final in 2018, in game six in Houston, he also had 35 points on 9 for 14 from three and 13 from 23 overall field goals, which is also really really insane not only really good like that's a lot of points for an elimination game but that's also very efficient and i mean if you see it uh, out of those two games which have been the two most recent games where they're facing elimination um game sixes he has been averaging almost 70 percent true shooting which is insanely efficient and i mean uh, say what you want about the Warriors. Say what you want about Curry. What about Clay? That oh yeah, they just need another All Star in order to win. But I mean, this these two show up big time when it's needed. And I mean, even in this series going on to Curry, Curry has been averaging 32 six and six on 61% true shooting, and he's been doing that with arguably less help overall than Kawhi. And what, what do you think about that,
0: Henry? Yeah, I think it's it's very good. I mean, these two players are insanely good. And I think, the I mean, the prejudice against the Warriors is that they've been stacked for all these years and that they've had all these all-stars. And that now all of a sudden that some of them are injured, that they can't win without him, which I think it's not a very good argument considering that these two players are carrying these teams on their back and making and I mean putting them in contention for these games and I mean if you look at yesterday they only had Durant for a certain amount of minutes before he went off and they still ended up winning the game because these players came up in the clutch I mean if you looked at Clay and Clay and Curry in the last few minutes they made huge threes that changed the momentum when they were down six With less than three minutes to play i'm sure a lot of the people that were watching and in the stadium thought it was over and the raptors were going to win but they came back they held through they remain they retained their perseverance and they won the game and it's a big confidence booster for the warriors going back home to oracle and in my opinion i think it's going to go back to toronto for game seven i just don't I think the Warriors have enough momentum, especially being back at home, that they're going to win this game. I can't say that the Warriors are going to win in seven, but I think that we're definitely going back to Toronto.
1: Yeah. And remember that game uh, game six in Oklahoma City where Klay had 41 points and was 11-18 from three. Wasn't that the game that uh, propelled the Warriors to the game seven while they were down 3-1 in that series? beat the duo of Durant and Russell Westbrook in the Western Conference Finals and uh, eventually led to Durant joining the Warriors. So these two have already seen being down 3-1 in a very big setting, not the finals, but Western Conference Finals, which and facing a really good team in the Oklahoma City Thunder, which had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and coming back 3-1. And so I feel like if there's anyone, I mean, other than LeBron, come
0: back 3-1 it's these two yeah I totally agree so um, let's close this off really quick with uh, our predictions for Durant in the free agency is he going to stay or is he going to leave I think that he's going to stay at least for one year um, because I think he's going to want to stay with the same uh, recovery staff and he obviously has a special bonds a special bond with these players Um, And I think while he's recovering, I think he's definitely going to want to get redemption and try and win another title with this group before it's too late. Yeah,
1: I personally think he's going to leave because uh, he's already won a ring. And I mean, he can go for another. uh, But I mean, for lots of people, they, they already believe that he just joined the stack team and he had it the easy way in. And just staying for another ring will just prove their point even further, I personally believe. And also, uh, reports are coming in, although uh, they might not be the most accurate and do not really reflect what the teams think. But that uh, when teams were told about Durant's possibly career-ending injury and what it could mean for his playing time, there are still uh, teams like the New York Knicks We're still totally willing to settle for a max deal for Durant and just have him sitting there for three, four years, even if he's going to be out for one of the years with an injury. And even if he comes back slightly worse than he was before. And I personally believe that's just because of the superstar status that he has and the possible fame that he could bring to the city that he goes to.
0: Yeah. Um, So that concludes the end of this podcast. I really, really want to thank Nathan for coming on the podcast. You've been great. Um, Hopefully we can do another one soon, uh, talk about the rest of free agency because it's gonna be a really, really big deal. Um, I know this is a longer one than the other ones, but I think it's definitely the best one on the channel and I really hope that you come back for more. So look for new content soon and hopefully we can see you in the future. Thank you. Bye.